0: but I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hello, and welcome back. So today's episode is gonna focus on one of the most challenging emotions that we face as parents, and that is anger. Anger is so tough for us to sit with when our kids are expressing it, but I think it's also challenging for us to sit with our own anger. And so today I want to unpack why that is and also equip you with some tools to start to navigate anger in a way that feels a little bit better, both your own and your child's. Okay, so why is anger so tough? Well, it goes back in large part to this idea I talked about a few weeks ago, and that is that we are conditioned to move away from our feelings as quickly as possible and to get back to happy. But anger, Presents a whole set of unique challenges that we might not always face with other emotions. And that's because when children are angry and they don't yet have their brains fully developed and they don't yet have the emotion regulation skills or the coping skills they need to do the right things with their anger. So when children are angry, they often display behaviors that when we were kids, and even today, by a lot of people, are still thought of as bad behaviors. Things like hitting, kicking, biting, scratching. Things like saying, I hate you, or I wish you weren't my mom. Right? These behaviors when we were kids, and again, it's not that we were bad kids, and it's not that these were bad behaviors. This was communicating a missing skill. Like, hey, I don't have the emotion regulation ability yet to do something different with my anger, so I'm kicking you. Right? We weren't bad kids because of that, but those behaviors were usually punished. And I think for women especially, there was this socialization, and there still is I think to some degree, this socialization that you need to be nice. You need to make other people feel comfortable. And so anger just didn't fit with that right? And we needed to make our, our parents feel comfortable. Pushing back on limits was thought of as disrespectful or bad behavior, right? And so I think it's challenging for us to sit with our anger now as adults because not only were we conditioned to get back to happy, but we were also conditioned that anger is bad. Anger is something that makes you bad and you shouldn't feel it. And if you do, You don't tell people about that. You definitely don't share it, right? And so now we're being challenged to give our kids what we weren't given. And our kids are angry and they're coming towards us, sometimes hitting, kicking, telling us things that are really hard to hear. And it can trigger so many uncomfortable feelings in our own bodies. It can trigger unhelpful narratives in our minds. Things like, I would have never gotten away with this when I was a kid. Or, this is so disrespectful. I've got to put a stop to this. And I think when our kids are angry, it can present even a higher level of challenge, which is an unconscious challenge, where we experience our kids' aggressive behaviors in those moments, maybe as a caregiver that we had who yelled at us or who was aggressive we're not necessarily aware of that. Again, this is an unconscious process. And maybe if you've been in therapy before, maybe that's something you've talked about, right? I think therapy is all about shining a flashlight on those unconscious processes that affect us, whether or not we realize it. So we might as well become conscious of it, right? So maybe you've done some thinking about that before. Maybe you haven't. Maybe this is the first time you're thinking of that. But I see this a lot in my practice where I'll have parents come in and they're so upset about their child's behaviors. And when we really start to unpack it, they tell me that, you know, when my daughter is hitting me, when my son is screaming at me, I feel almost like a kid again. Like I'm not safe. So... Our kids' angry feelings are challenging because anger doesn't feel safe in our own bodies. Not only does our own anger not feel safe, but other people's anger doesn't feel safe, right? And we're being told, hey, you've got to let your kid express their feelings. But all kinds of uncomfortable stuff comes up when our kids are angry. And I think also our anger often triggers a sense of shame, right? Again, if we were told that anger was bad, either explicitly or implicitly when we were kids, either through punishments, right? Or directly our parents telling us, stop that. That's not nice. That's not okay. Well, we might feel a sense of shame when we experience angry feelings. And when our kids are experiencing angry feelings, we might also feel that sense of shame around their behaviors. If I was a good parent, my child wouldn't be doing this. If I knew what to do, I could stop this from happening. Something's wrong with my kids. Something's wrong with me. That shame. And it's really uncomfortable. Nobody wants to feel shame. And so we push it away. Sometimes we might be pulled to punish our own kids in those moments. We might find ourselves yelling, raising our voices, getting dysregulated ourselves. So now you've got a child who's dysregulated and hitting and kicking and showing these angry feelings in ways that are not safe or healthy and now we're dysregulated too. Imagine a tornado, your child's angry feelings, and then you get dysregulated too, and that tornado just gets bigger when the two forces combine. And it's a really unsafe situation. We all feel unsafe. Your child feels unsafe like, oh my gosh, my mom's scared of me. My mom doesn't trust that she can keep me safe. Now what? Nobody's in the driver's seat. And then we feel triggered, and we feel like we're bad as parents, or that we have a bad kid. If you feel that, When you're dealing with these behaviors when your child is expressing anger in these sort of primitive less than developed ways right these the only way that they know how you're not alone this is a thing that most of us experience as parents and again it makes so much sense that you're struggling with it and this is a both and we do need to figure out how to manage our own stuff in that moment so that we can let our kids express their anger. Now, I'm gonna reiterate here, expressing feelings and allowing all feelings never, ever, ever means allowing all behaviors. And in fact, it would be detrimental to what you're trying to do if you were to tell your child, it's okay to be mad, and then let them hit and destroy the room, right? That is going to completely send the wrong message. And it also makes children feel incredibly unsafe when we just sit there and go, please stop hitting, Please stop throwing the blocks. Please don't hit your sister. I'm asking you really nicely. Come on. And then we raise our voice and we get dysregulated. That's not us keeping them safe. But when we are triggered by their anger, that's the place we go to sometimes. And we're trying to avoid that meltdown. We're trying to make sure it doesn't get worse. But what we're actually doing is communicating to our kids that we are not sure what to do right now. And that is not what they need when they are dysregulated. They need a confident leader a confident caregiver who's like, I've got you no matter what emotional tornado you bring. I'm here and I've got you and we're good. You may not know that right now, but I trust it. I know it. So how do we get to that point, (laughs) right? In the face of these really angry feelings, in the face of these things that are really hard to hear. And kids can say some really mean things. And I don't want you to think if your child says these things, and I'm talking about things like I hate you, I'm going to pack up my bags and leave. I hope you die, those are hard to hear. I'm gonna tell you right now, I've heard all of them at some point or another from my own kids. That doesn't mean you have a bad kid. I'm gonna say that again, it doesn't mean you have a bad kid. You have a good kid who's struggling, who's desperate to get you to understand the intensity of their emotions in that moment. And so what we have to do with our calm presence is communicate to them that we see through those behaviors to the good kid who's struggling. This is so, so key. So how in the heck do we do that when we're dealing with all the things that I just talked about? Well, it starts with recognizing why we're struggling. We're not struggling because our kid is bad. We're not struggling because we're a bad parent. We're struggling because of course we are. We were never taught that anger was natural and okay and a step beyond that is then to learn to cope with it. Well, if we never even were allowed to express it, how would we ever learn to cope with it? I would argue that a lot of adults now still struggle to cope in healthy ways with anger. How many times have you maybe been frustrated with your partner, but you try not to say anything because you don't want to deal with conflict. You just hold it in, you hold it in, you hold it in, and then you explode at the most inopportune moments, maybe even in front of the kids, right? And you're like, oh, I know I shouldn't do that. Well, we're so afraid of our anger sometimes that we do things that are not healthy or we numb our anger, right? Or we internalize it and we start to feel bad about ourselves. But anger is a normal, healthy part of life and often underneath anger is a more painful, more vulnerable emotion. Sadness, rejection, shame, right? These are hard emotions to feel and the anger kind of steps in to protect us sometimes in these moments. Sometimes our anger is a signal, that our needs aren't getting met. Sometimes our anger is a signal that we need to ask for something different in a relationship or we need to set a boundary. It is so healthy and we need to get curious about our own anger when it comes up. We need to allow it. We need to say, it's okay that I feel angry and I wonder what's going on. And our kids need that same thing. But in the moment, all they need is for us to give them our calm, regulated presence and to keep them safe. Okay, so how do we do that? Well, first things first, we have to stay regulated. We have to. There is just nothing good that comes from a dysregulated adult trying to help a dysregulated child. It's impossible, right? So how do you get regulated? Well, some of the work starts outside of the tough moment. Some of the work starts by doing exactly what you're doing right now, by listening to this podcast and then sitting with these ideas, okay? So that's the first step is just to start to realize that, hey, anger's tricky, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. Anger's tricky, but I have a good kid who's struggling when my kid's doing all these things, right? That's the first step. And then in the moment, starting to recognize when those unhelpful ideas come up. When your body starts to feel like it's in fight or flight, even though you're not unsafe, you are bigger than your child, you are capable. And if you need to hear this again, I'm going to say it. You are capable of regulating your child. You are capable of doing what we call co-regulating, which is essentially putting your arms around that emotional tornado literally or figuratively and saying, I've got you. That's co-regulation. But we can't do that unless we're regulated, right? So sometimes... In the moment, all you can do is take deep breaths yourself and maybe repeat a mantra in your head. I'm a good parent. I have a good kid who's having a hard time. This is hard because it's hard. I'm doing the best I can. My only job is to stay calm, right? Whichever of those mantras resonates with you, repeat it over and over while you take deep, slow breaths. There's so many breathing exercises out there, but like the simplest thing Just make your exhale longer than your inhale, okay? Just focus on the exhale. If you are really getting to the point where you are not able to stay regulated, if you feel that fight or flight kind of taking over, if you say things to your child, like, what's wrong with you? Stop this, putting shame on your child. If you start to lose it, okay. We're gonna talk next week all about how to repair. It's okay. I've been there, I'll be there again, so will you. We can repair if you notice that take a break this is an underutilized parenting tool take a break make sure your child is in a safe spot and then step into the bathroom for a minute splash some cold water on your face the key here with this break is to really try to get your brain to sort of let go of that fight or flight to regulate your nervous system so you can breathe you can repeat a mantra You can stare at something and just notice what it really looks like. You can smell something really engaging your senses, right? Sometimes I just like to stare out the window and look at how like the light hits the leaves and just get my mind back into this present moment, remind myself I'm safe in this moment and then go back to your child and let your child know that you're here and that you're calm now. Modeling that is so, so healthy. Okay, so staying regulated is key. And beyond that, we've got to make sure that our kids know that their angry feelings are okay and that they make sense, right? So let's say that you give your child a cookie and your child wants another one. I'm sure this is something we can all relate to. So, so normal for your kid to want another cookie. So, so normal and healthy for you to say, "Mm, just one was on the menu today. So, so normal for your kid to have some feelings about that. So your child is losing it around the prospect of not getting a second cookie. What do you do? Well, there's one response where you can sit and try to convince your child that your reasonable limit was in fact reasonable, but you've probably tried that and probably didn't get anywhere because it's not helpful in that moment. Think about it. If you're angry about something, however irrational, and your partner says to you, well, That's a silly thing to be mad about, or, but here's all the reasonable reasons you shouldn't be mad about that. Does that ever help? Of course not. So saying to your child, you really wanted another cookie. I so get that. They're so yummy, and it's so hard that I'm saying no. Almost as if you're kind of joining your child's side against your own limit, right? Gosh, I get that. Oh, you're so mad about that, right? That makes your child feel like they can trust their body, like they can trust their feelings, like, oh, yeah, it's okay to be mad about this right? And then the second half of that is to keep your child safe. So if they try to hit you, you're going to stop them. Say, I'm not going to let you hit. It's okay to be mad. I really get why you're mad. So validating. Also recognizing that whatever limit you set, whatever thing seems to set this anger spiral into motion is not really the thing that is the problem. That's just the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Kids work so hard all day. They control impulses. They try new things. They manage anxieties. They try to communicate things they don't quite have the words for. That takes so much effort. And eventually, they've got to let off some steam. And so these meltdowns that we see are not really about the cookie. They're about all the things that led up to the cookie. And your child is just offloading some feelings. And actually, that's a really good and healthy thing. If we can occasionally offload feelings when we get too full and we can share those with people we trust, with safe caregivers, then we're not going to bottle them up and we're going to be able to truly move on. So the only way out is through, right? So recognizing that it's not logical and it's not about the thing that it seems to be about. Just don't spend too much time getting frustrated going, oh, this is so silly. Like I gave them a cookie in the first place. I wish I hadn't even done that, you know? Okay. If it wasn't the cookie, it would have been the next thing, right? So validate, 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 no matter how silly you think it is. And if the words are too much, because sometimes a dysregulated child, words are not going to help, then you can say simple things like, I'm here, right? And it is so, so key to make sure that your child knows that you get that they're a good kid who's having a tough time, who's having a rough day, right? You can say those things outright, and if you can't say them in the moment because your child isn't able to hear it, just be there with your calm presence. just sit and take deep breaths if you need to take your child to another space right if there's like a sibling thing going on or if you just need to take your child some somewhere that is like quieter, smaller, calmer sometimes at dinner my four year old sometimes my seven year old but my four year old especially will get dysregulated, and i'll take him. And we'll just go sit in the room next to us because the kitchen is this like big space where the whole family is and there's lots of things going on. And we just go sit in the home office, which is next to the kitchen. And we sit and we just close the door and we sit together. And I make sure that they know this is not a timeout. This is not like you're in trouble. This is just, I'm going to help you take a break, right? This is tricky. I'm going to help you take a break. And I physically pick him up. And it is not like he's like, okay, mom, sure. This sounds good. He's kicking and screaming right but once we get there and we've done this enough he knows and his whole body relaxes into that moment do not be afraid to take your child and take a break in a place that feels a little safer it is not a failure on your part or your child's part if your child can't hang in the situation that they're getting dysregulated in that's not the goal right the goal is not to just like always be able to hang if your child is struggling in a public place in your home it's okay to go somewhere different. It's sometimes the most loving thing you can do. So don't get stuck on this idea that like, yeah, but if it was really going well, then he would be able to manage it here. No, 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 that's not true. That's not true for my kids. That's not true for your kids. That's not the goal, okay? So to recap, first things first is you've got to start to noodle through on your own the fact that anger is tricky for you and the fact that your child's anger feels heavy right? Start to think about that. Start to connect those dots for yourself. And then in the moment, find a way to keep yourself regulated or get yourself back to regulated. And then allow your child's feelings while keeping them safe. Validate, be present. That's really it. And we'll dive in later in a different episode into what you can do outside of those intense moments to build emotion regulation, to build coping skills. But suffice it to say that in the moment what I just laid out is all you need to do, okay? So I hope that helps you start to have a framework for understanding why anger's tricky and how to handle it in a way that is going to build emotion regulation and help your child feel like a good kid versus shut down emotion regulation and make your child feel like they're somehow bad for having these feelings. So with that said, I so appreciate you listening. If you want to join the conversation over on Instagram at Raised Resilient, you can come share what it was like for you when you were a child and you had angry feelings. I bet you will find that you are not alone, right? Most of us were punished or somehow shut down. So if you want to come join that conversation, I encourage you to do that. And again, thank you for listening. And I will see you next week. If your child's meltdowns are stressing you out, I've got you. My complete guide to meltdowns will walk you through exactly what's going on and how to help so that next time your child melts down, you can feel confident. Download your copy today for free at RaisedResilient.com slash grow. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share this episode and leave a review. Let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've... Got this.